Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast, episode number 100. We made it to triple digits and we might make it to double digits in appearances with my boy, Matt, who comes back to the show. Thank you for being here for the episode 100. Thank you so much for having me as your special guest for episode 100. In all seriousness, though, uh, this is actually super, super dope that you've been able to get this far. So again, shout out to you and, and your persistence and your consistency about making this. This is awesome. Super proud of you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It wasn't easy. And, uh, you know, having guests come on like you has definitely made it a little bit easier. But speaking of making things a little bit easier, do you think uh, the Casemiro signing is going to make uh, this season a little bit easier for United? Or, you know, it's just like a last ditch from the Glaziers to alleviate some of the tension that, you know, the fans have right now with the with the whole organization, with the whole squad? That's quite the segue. Um, <laughs> uh, I honestly, and I, I know I've come up on here and I've like bashed man United because it's been so deserved over the past, like, five oh, it's been so years. easy too. And, and it, yeah, it's been easy. It's like, <laughs> not even, not even as a Liverpool supporter, do I want to like continue? Oh, don't get me wrong. I want to continue to bash on them, but I think from a, from a logical standpoint, it's kind of like the only place to really be from right now. And so with that being said, I think the Casimero signing is a bandage over an open wound. I think. I think it helps, right? It definitely helps in his position that they needed a lot. I think is Fred and McTominay Fred? has... What? <laughs> what? I just wanted to see your uh, reactions. Yeah. Oh, my God. He. I mean, dude, he's arguably the best holding midfielder of our generation, right? I think Conte's kind of right up, up, up there with him, but I think it's a little bit hard to say with him because he does play like the eight and he's not always a traditional six. But, yeah. I mean, Casimiro's won five Champions League in the last, like, what, 12... 10, 10 years and so i think you have to give respect to where it's due so it's it's evident like just how good of a player that he is and how important he was to he those teams it will definitely make a, yeah absolutely i mean he i remember games against liverpool where he basically would go and just put in hard tackles because it's, it's what's what's required for the 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 energy of the team and i think in many ways he's kind of like the the backbone of the defense right that first uh that first initial wave and i mean he was he's a real madrid legend no question about it there's like no other ways around it and again he is going to help man united but there's just so many other things that need to get fixed that i'm not sure how much he can do by himself to kind of restructure the midfield um, but I do think it's a step in the right direction. But, but they they have to continue to get rid of the players that they have there. It's just I I understand that some of them some of them being their fans they want to go out and they and they want to blame the owners. But let's be let's be realistic about this. The owners pump a lot of money into the team. Yeah. Right. Like a they billion. Pump a lot of money. Like, like a billion last five, dollars. Six years. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not like they're not getting players. At at a certain point, I think the fans have to. Be realistic. It it is it, a lot of it does fall on the owners, right? And their and their desire to just basically turn a profit. And I think people need to realize that's that's what they do. They're, this is football is not a like it's not a philanthropic thing that people come in like oh I'm just gonna lose a billion dollars. That's that's yeah, not yeah, realistic. Yeah. They do put money into the club. The players at some point need to perform at the high level that's demanded from them. And I just don't think the fans hold them to the fire enough for it. I think there are some that do, but I just don't think it's the general public right i don't think it's it's a strong majority i think they want to shift blame to the owners which is understandable but i think at a certain point you really have to look at how bad those player performances have been over the past couple of years and even just this season alone i mean they lost 4-0 to brentford and that's no slight at them but no big club and no club in the top six should be losing to brentford 4-0 and <laughs> it's it's just and it's one thing to lose 4-0 it's another thing to get 
ran they ran 13 extra kilometers over yeah. like what the man united players did and they held the majority of the possession so it's just like a matter of effort at that point and so casimero is going to help but they need to get rid of more players and they need to bring in more talent that's that's just that's just the reality of it um i don't wish them success especially and not i think quickly cuz they yeah especially yeah especially not quickly i don't wish them success not now not ever but uh, I think, like, as an institution of the sport, it is, like, a, it's an interesting watch as they kind of go down this rabbit hole of, of failure, essentially. And um, <laughs> I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to keep enjoying it. But I don't expect it to last forever. I think um, the signing of Ten Hog is, like, the, you know, putting the foot in towards the, the right point. direction. Turning point. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to say, like, oh, like that Martinez signing from him, he's 5'9". It's not... It's, he's not a tall center back and I can completely understand where, where they're coming from. But I think from the way that he wants to play the game, he needs somebody from the back that's able to facilitate the ball. And he definitely doesn't have that confidence in Maguire, which is, I mean, a hundred percent deserved. Hey, Chelsea apparently wants him. So for what? Like uh, for what? Cause, I, I, Cause apparently uh, United want Pulisic and uh, Chelsea want Maguire in return. Pulisic would be cool. I think he would bring a different. Um, he would definitely bring a new look to Man United. I just I, I have no faith in Harry Maguire as as a center back <laughs> yeah. and as a defender. It's just it's really it's really bad, man. It's he's he's obviously he's he's a lot better than the average man, one would hope. But he's just he's I mean he's the not most expensive defender. <laughs> like it's the terrible, fact that dude. you're talking about this about the most expensive transfer in defender in yeah, English, but again. Football. Again, that's that's just a testament to like the scouting department over there and and money, money badly spent, right? Money, money spent, but money badly spent. I guess that's the frustration that people have. But again, like they they want more, they want more signings, and then it's just like put yourselves in the position of like a, a Wolves fan, right? Like Wolves would love to be able to spend this the amount of money that the teams like Man United are, are spending, yeah. right? I think for this summer, I can I can I can kind of relate because Liverpool kind of. You know they they drop some serious dough on some players, which is kind of unlike us. But it's not a it's not a re- it's not something that's regular like every in, in my life. Type of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's not a thing. And I think um, yeah, I think Casimiro is gonna help, but they just need so much work, man. They they're terrible. So I agree with you, but I do think all right. So CDM or like that holding uh midfielder was definitely like a position they needed to improve. McTominay and Fred obviously are not. Manchester United quality, but where I think he's also gonna help is that that leadership, that character. Because, like, if you look when uh United went down, I think two zero against Brentford, Ronaldo was like the only one like trying to lift morale, trying to get the spirit. Like, he was like one goal, one goal, and we're back in this. And then they pan the camera to the rest of the field, and everybody's just like defeated, like defeated, like shock like they can't believe it and it's like bro it's 2-0 it's like the 20th 30th minute like there's a lot of yeah. football left you know but it's just like they just you know they just yeah keep i thinking think of, they feel kind of sorry for themselves that they're in this position it's like all right you can feel sorry Absolutely. for yourself but you're no one's gonna get you out of this except like yourself yeah and i think i, I think just again to touch on man united for a little bit I think it's just like a world of toxicity that they all live in. Cause I know the fans are planning on um, like boycotting the game against Liverpool, yeah. but it's just like, 
is that really the game that you 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 want to take a stand against the ownership? <laughs> like that's the that's that game has the you have the potential to get the brakes be off you again, like at yeah. Old Trafford. That's the game where where that could potentially completely derail your season. Is that the game that you plan on making a statement to your owners? Like, hey, like we're not backing you anymore, so we're we're not going to show up to the game where we can potentially get destroyed six zero. It's just like all right, like. What what is what kind of sign does that really send to them? I think I think and I mean they they're still buying tickets to this a expensive ass game. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, like dude, you you paid the ticket. Like if you're not <laughs> gonna go, all right, but the ticket's already been paid for. Like and that's yeah. all they care about ultimately. Yeah. And so yeah, I just like I just don't think they completely. I don't think they are critically thinking their approach to what message they're kind they're trying to send to their ownership. Um, and so, I mean, we'll see how that goes, because I do think that if there's no like Man United fans or if it's 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 basically going to be a, a Liverpool home game because Liverpool travel like their fan support travels oh, yeah. very, very well. They make noise as it is. I so mean, last time they played stadium, at United, Liverpool took over, too. So we dominated. So we maybe completely dominated and, and in the stands, too. So maybe it doesn't regardless if they do this or not, it will still probably feel like a like a Liverpool game. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I think. um just to touch on Liverpool, they have to win this game. They like they have to win this game now. It's uh, the way we started is not exactly put ourselves in the best position to compete for the title. I still think it's super early. It's two games in, but just given you know the the way that the last handful of seasons has gone, it's it's definitely not a great start. I mean, yeah, a, a tie at this point is basically a loss when you're competing against Man City. What do you think about that send off against? Uh... Crystal Palace. That was uh that was, okay. So I, there's people, there's Liverpool fans that are like, oh, he didn't headbutt him. Oh, he was being, you know, he was being egged on to do it. And it's just like, yeah, of course he's being egged on to do it. If they have this feeling that you're a hothead that can lose control of your emotions, any top athlete slash Easy. competitor Easy. is going to try to get an advantage over you. That, 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 that makes sense. Big letters, whiteboard. Oh, we could risk a couple yellows if it means they're going to go down one. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, like, it's super frustrating because I, I there's definitely a lot of Liverpool fans that the signing of Nunez, Nunez were, weren't exactly thrilled about the signing. I was kind of in between where you were I wasn't pumped. in love with You would have been pumped if it would have been, like, 40 million. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a lot. I It wasn't really so much, like, the money that put me back. Because, like, oh, I'm glad that we're actually spending it. But it's more of, like... He had one really great season in the Champions League and his domestic league. And there wasn't really a whole body of work to kind of be able to be like, oh, yeah, this dude's really going to be a stud. But I, I kind of took those Champions League games as like, oh, he can definitely perform in the big moments and he's he's a quality player. But then like in watching some of like the preseason games, which, again, like you can only take with a grain of salt because it's preseason. Yeah, there was definitely some some things that made me a little bit timid. His, his athleticism, like his overall balance, his technical his skills. Yeah, exactly. But I think the thing that I still bank on is the fact that he puts himself in great attacking positions. And so at some point, I, you you hope that those goals are going to start to come in. Otherwise, we have a, we have a potential Timo Werner situation in our hands. And that's just not something that Liverpool can, can deal with right now, especially after the departure of Mane. Um, you know, what he, you know who, who he's kind of reminded me of? And that, uh, this is actually a compliment. I'm not trying to say it's a slight. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Chicharito. In the I, sense I, in the sense that he knows how to get in front of the goal and like the ball just seems to be attracted to him in good positions and you're like how does this happen how does he end up with two three chances 
I do think he he's gonna be better than Chicharito. No disrespect against Chicharito. He played for United and he had a good career and he scored a lot of goals, super sub and all yeah. that stuff. But I I kind of see a little Chicharito in him. I see it. I get what you're I get what you're coming from hundred percent. I also I, just to kind of go back to it, I think my belief in him to become a great player was rooted in my in my strong faith in, in Klopp, right? Like I yeah. truly believe that that under him we wouldn't make a stupid signing. I think there's only been like a couple where it's just like a head scratcher and them being like Kabak as a center back when we had that center back injury crisis and the same with like Ben Davies who we got from the championship and I've Ben Davies never played a minute and then Kabak was awful and he's kind of I think he's back in the Bundesliga now but I think it was just kind of due to the crisis that was going on there were just stop gaps but I think he's made the point like hey we're not going to do that anymore so yeah. I have faith in him signing players that he feels are going to be effective under his system and I do believe that Nunez will become effective um, it's just a matter of him mentally believing it as well because he's he's young He's 22, 23 years old. And, yeah. you know, having having the couple games where he's had him, I mean, he scored on his debut and it wasn't like the prettiest goal and it wasn't the prettiest assist that he gave. But, like, it's obviously there's potential there for for a really effective season and uh, that which that he can contribute really heavily. It's, he's just got to he's got to learn. Right. Like it's it sucks for him to have learned on his home debut. But uh, I have faith that the rest of the group is going to kind of make sure that he's steered in the right direction and, and he continues just to improve and his mental capability to kind of just stay locked in and, and avoid the, the BS um, and, and become a great striker. I just think, I unfortunately think what's happened is like Klopp doesn't like to put in our signings right away. It's it's, that's kind of been evident with yeah. all of the new signings that is that have come in in his tenure, but the two strikers that do play in front of him or or would be playing in front of him during this like transition period are both out injured. And so like, unfortunately for him, he kind of just got thrown into a fire. Uh, thrown into the fire right to just kind of go out there and perform but normally Klopp's transfers get a month two months to kind of get slowly integrated to the team and he was kind of just pushed in right away so I mean he's got three games now where he's just going to be involved in training and sitting on the bench so but, but we'll see man we'll what are your thoughts on uh what are your thoughts there's because I, I saw on the NBC broadcast after the post game and then on Twitter a little bit that uh Liverpool even played a little bit better once Nunez got sent off because right now they're so focused on feeding him and adapting their game style to what suits Nunez the best. And that's not necessarily what Liverpool does best. They kind of like to, you know, tuck in their wingers and attack the flanks, get their fullbacks up there. And now they're kind of sending a lot of long balls to find Nunez. What do you think about that? Do you, you kind of no, see that? I know I definitely see that because it's a completely chain. It's a completely different striker, like a mold of striker. We with with Jota and with Firmino, they're false nines and they drop into the midfield to support and, you know, receive and, and deliver passes. With Nunez, you have a six foot two, six foot three striker who is really going to physical. He's going to be he's more of a center four than he's a false nine. And so it's a completely different way that we've played and. I think we again we were overcompensating for the fact that like hey we have to feed him. I think they felt so like urge to really get him going on his home debut that ultimately it was our downfall we did play better when he came off i i just think again this kind of going back to my earlier point i think when we have other players other strikers that are already familiar with the current system and then we bring in newness to the fold um and like the second half or as a super sub just to kind of get him started in these first couple months of the premier league Exactly. It's a it, it's a different element of Liverpool and teams don't exactly know how to guard it. But when they see it from the get go and they're like, all right, this is this is what we're going to kind of deal with. It's yeah. uh, it's a little bit different. So we'll see as the season goes along. Again, I have faith that that he will become a good striker um, in the system. Not so much like in that false line. I think he'll create his own niche. 
But I, I do think we have a, a player on our hands. It's just a matter of him to kind of continue to work at, you know, getting himself comfortable with, with being uncomfortable. Cause yeah, that's he can't just be a hothead. Be like. He can't be a hothead. Exactly. Exactly. People are going to bump him. And it's, it's kind of worse now. He's basically put a, a huge target on his back. He's like, hey, like, come yeah. come rough me. You, up. you can get I could get, like, riled up. Like, it's yeah. going to work. Exactly. So um, we'll see now. That I was, always think about it like uh like in friend groups, when you get clowned on, because, you know, if you're in a friend group that likes to clown, it's going to come to you at some point. And if you Everybody react, gets it. if you react like super like, damn, like that got to me, then it's going to be like, oh, you know, this is our target now. And yeah. that's kind of like that's how the Premier League is going to look at it. Like, oh, let me see. Oh, a can doesn't really react. Like, I'm wasting my time. Like, let yep. me focus on the game. Oh, Nunez yeah. pushing him a little bit. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Klopp, Klopp loves to call Liverpool mentality monsters, right? And so if mentally you're the weakest link, I mean, and you're only as strong as your weakest link, that is definitely going to be a problem for us. So, again, I hope he uh, hope he clears that whole thing up, and this is all in the past. All right, and before we move on from this topic, uh, what's your prediction for this uh, upcoming Monday, uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United? Crucial game. Both teams need it. Absolutely. Super crucial. I think um, – and I think – I really I, Liverpool have no other choice than to go out there and and get three points from Man United. So I think they're going to kind of come with just a different level of intensity. And luckily, having Rob, Roberto Firmino back in the fold is really going to help us. I think, um, and I just don't think Manchester United are ready for it quite yet. Just given all the kind of turnover that's going on over there, and just all the the craziness that comes with you know being a large club like that, um, I think Liverpool will win. 2-0. I think they'll have their first clean sheet of the season. Okay. That's a that's a I can see that. I have I have more like a 1-0 victory Liverpool. Um but I was, <laughs> with the caveat where I, I see if they get if they get a second goal, I feel like the floodgates will open. But I do think it's going to be a close game. I think uh United is going to set themselves up very defensively, like like almost park the bus type of thing. Like I could see them like only playing with like two forwards, like Ronaldo, maybe somebody else, and just saying like, all right, at the very least, you're not gonna score on us, and then maybe we could uh get one like a fluke, you know, on a corner kick or free kick or whatever. But I feel like if they break, if they if they get through and they score one and they score another one, and then United has that pressure to you know try to do something at home, then yeah. it could get like it could get ugly. Yeah, I think um. I do think they're going to set up really defensively, right? And I think I think if if that's the case, it's going to be two zero. They'll score one like in the, in the early starts of the game, and they'll score another one at the end. I feel like it's kind of just been the theme over the last couple of years when playing Man United. It's just like they've just put the dagger in the eighty eighth, eighty seventh minute, something like that, right? Um, besides the games that have been absolute blowouts, but I also on on the flip side of that, I think if Man United are, are going to try to play out of the back. I think it'll be a completely different game because I think Liverpool's press in Man United. Imagine Harry Maguire trying to play the ball out from the back, <laughs> and he has, you know, and he has Mo Salah, he has Luis Diaz just running down his throat, trying yeah. to just close down space. I think it'll get really ugly, really fast if they try to be too pretty with it. They, I, I think, in my opinion, they have no choice but to be defensive, just knowing their their current team capabilities. And because of that, I think it's going to be two zero. But if they try to play any of that pretty pretty just you know playing it out the back with their current state it's going to be ugly it is going to be ugly okay here at heart of handle sports we like to play devil's advocate what would happen if uh somehow united win at home and sink 
Liverpool to two points in three games. Well, they would pass us up on the table. Yeah. And just given, I think at that point, I think the media onslaught will then turn to us and then it'll kind of, in a weird way, I think if we were to lose to Man United, I think the one kind of silver lining would be that it'll be like super indicative of the fact that we need another midfielder. Right. It's just like, hey, again, we I don't want I don't mean to complain here because I think Liverpool are blessed in depth in multiple areas, mainly yeah. defense and, and the front line. Yeah. When healthy. But even when healthy, that midfield isn't exactly the prettiest or sexiest midfield. And it's definitely in need of some revamp. It's the oldest part of our team. Yeah. Um, and right now it's just it, it's just completely filled with injuries. So I think if we were to somehow lose to Man United, it'd be like it would force a move of some sort in the midfield. Like, hey, like they they do need something here. Um, you got it. I think on. that's kind of I. OK, so the big dream, big picture would be Jude Bellingham in January, like a pre-contract for the summer. Um, right now? I, what about right now? Yeah, right now I would like to get uh, Casado from Brighton, who's the, the midfielder who's 20 years old, plays for Ecuador. He's pretty good. Um, he would probably cost a bit because he's it's a Premier League to Premier League switch. Yeah. I really would like him. Uh, I wanted Mateus Nunez from um, from Sporting, but he's uh, he's going to Wolves. And I think, uh, you know, that's cool. I think another, like, big dream would have been Nico Barrella from Inter Milan, but that's definitely not going to happen. Um, so I'm I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that we do get uh, Moises Caicedo from from Brighton. I, I, honestly, I would love, love for Liverpool to just continue to sign Latinos. It would make it so much easier for me to 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 root for continue to root for them. Like I already I already love it, but if you have Latinos on the team, it just makes it. Yeah, it makes, you don't I, rate, you know, I feel like it. You don't rate Neves. Too more attached. <laughs> I uh, you mean Nunes like the striker? No, Neves or no Ruben Neves. Yeah, uh, I think he's great. I just don't see him leaving Wolves. Okay. I think like there's been talks about it, right? Like, and he even clapped to the fans, like, "Oh, like this is my last game," but he's, yeah. he's still there. Yeah, <laughs> like he's still there. Um, I think uh, you know, and he would actually be like a good fit to Liverpool. I think personally, I think you would be a better, uh, you know, a better judge of that than me. But I think if you were to come to Liverpool, it'd be a great signing. But um, I I would just personally like uh, Casado a little bit more, just given his age. Okay, okay, that'd be nice. Uh, regardless, I think it's still is. Even if both teams are kind of struggling right now, it's gonna be it's like must watch TV on Monday though. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, must watch TV definitely. It's it's Man United Liverpool. It's the two biggest teams in England going at it, and so it's I'm always excited. gonna be a always gonna be a good game, right? Regardless of like how well or how badly the teams are doing. Yeah, it's like one of the it's probably the biggest rivalry, even though they're not from like you know the same city or same part of England. It's still like you know the biggest rivalry it's in huge. England. Yeah. Um. Another big rivalry, Chelsea versus Tottenham. You know, Chelsea, they've had a lot of success recently. Tottenham, not so much. But now they have a fiery coach in Conte. Chelsea, they're trying to, you know, steer the ship, get back to the success they've had maybe in the last two years or two years ago with Tuchel. Uh, what did you think about their, their game this past weekend? And uh, did you laugh at their little scuffle? Or what do you think about that? I, I The game was... So the, Tottenham didn't deserve a point. I think that's like the, the headline. <laughs> Tottenham did not deserve a point. Yeah. But again, you and I have talked like off air about how like highly uh, we rate like Antonio Conte. I think the man's a serial winner. And I think just his attitude and the way he carries himself is going to have a large effect of the team. And ultimately, the team will start to adopt that mentality. It's right. Contagious. They had 
they had no reason to get that point. And you can you can say that as like from just the performance alone, like, hey, it wasn't the greatest performance, but yeah. they dug deep and they made it happen. Sure, like with some help of some poor refereeing, but I think that's <laughs> that's it was terrible. It was terrible. Like there was multiple. I think both goals should have been taken away. Oh, you know, the, the pulling the, of the hair. The, um, the Romero, like there should have been a red card. Oh That's a red card God. offense, right? And then the and then the tackle right before it's the the breakaway oh, that yeah. led to Tottenham's first like, goal um, didn't even touch the ball, like. Yeah, I just think that that's something that people need to prepare for this season. I think Tottenham are going to get results off of the other big teams. I think it's bound to happen against Man City and Liverpool. I think they have Man City's number. They beat them twice last season. And to a, to a certain extent, I think they have it against us. I think with us, it's it's a flip of a coin when we play them now, when they're coached by Antonio Conte. Because, again, he's the man's a serial winner, and he just feeds his team with this idea that they're that they can win any game that they go out and play, which I, I can respect. And so I think that they're a team that people need to look out for. And I know the other like fans of the teams in London don't want to hear it, but I just think that's, that's blind uh, ignorance on their part because they, yeah. they are, they are here and they're, they're knocking on the door now, especially of like potentially even being a top two side, depending on how, uh, how Liverpool are going to be handling around. this first part of the season. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, who's the best team in London so far or right now or going forward this season? After two weeks, outlook, because Arsenal looked pretty good too. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, he's doing his thing. He's looking like he's fitting in very nicely with the uh, Arteta side. Um, so, what do you think? Who's uh, London is blue, red, white? I think this season that London is going to be white, and I know Arsenal <laughs> fans are going to hate to hear that the least. I just again, I had, I strongly believe that Antonio Conte is going to. Conte harder than Tottenham will Tottenham. I just think that he he's just going to have a way of, of making things happen. And I'm not saying they're going to win the league or the Champions League or anything like that, but I can definitely see them winning the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup and finishing second or at the very least, I see them being the third place team because I, I do imagine Liverpool will turn it yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. But I see Tottenham, Tottenham right there. And the reality is I just, I don't rate Arteta much as a manager. I think that his players like him. I think that's great. But I think as a, you know, as 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 a leader of men, I'm not really fully bought in. I'm kind of watching along to this uh, all or nothing, uh, you know, docu series on Amazon. And I think the man is a little bit corny. And I think well, I don't. I'm nothing against him personally. I just think he's a little bit corny. But I think his players buy into buy into him and they like him. So, um, no, again, no slight at him. I just. I think that the way that Conte carries himself and and the respect that he has from his team, I think it's just a little bit different. And I, I honestly trust their front line just a little bit more. I think they're just a little bit more proven and um, more specifically like Harry Kane and and, and Hyungman Sung. Because, again, Hyungman Sung just got golden boot last season, He's tied amazing. with Mosala. Harry Kane has the opportunity to get a golden boot any season as long as he stays healthy. And uh, they've made good and signings engaged. in the midfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have good signings in the midfield and um, like more specifically with Izbasuma and they uh decent decent in, in defense also and I hey, mean, Richarlison he, as your backup like winger it's not bad it's not bad that's not bad they have they have a good team and they have a great manager and sometimes that's really just all you need to get you yeah. across the finish line I trust them to finish to be the best team in London this season um and I do think they'll finish third and take some trophies home along the way you know it's funny I like the saying that you said that you think uh, Conte is gonna Conte harder than Tottenham's going to Tottenham. I think the same could have been said when uh when Mourinho got signed for them. Like a lot of you, I thought Mourinho was going to Mourinho harder than uh 
Tottenham was going to Tottenham. And he, I mean, he got them to a final and he was close. And, and then, then they, they fired him. They Tottenham harder. Tottenham was like, no, I'm with Tottenham harder. Yeah, I did. that one, like, it didn't make sense to me. And then now he's living his best life in Roma. And yeah, they, he's completely he's revitalized that team. He's building yeah. a squad over there. That's going to be a fun watch this season. I think uh, this is going to be the first season in, in quite some time where it's not just like a two-horse or three-horse lace. I think that there's like six potential teams that can go into Syria and, and win it, and uh, which is great, man, because that, that was that's one of the most iconic leagues in the world. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it's, uh, it's coming back, though. Last something. Few, last few years has been entertaining. Uh, was it last year that uh, AC Milan won uh, with uh, Zlatan? Yep. That was great to see them win it again. Yeah, I think the league is uh is definitely starting to pick up a little bit more uh, eyes on it. Um, yep. I think Ronaldo kind of helped that too when he went there because I know Absolutely. I started watching. I started definitely watching more once he went there. I know Chucky Lozano helped me watch a little bit more too. Just wanted to keep up with him. Uh, sure. I also wanted to yeah. see how uh, what's his name, the American that went to Juve too. Oh, Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney. That that yeah. move caught my eyes too. But yeah, um, like I said, Tottenham, I, I kind of agree with you. I do think that it's either them or Chelsea. I, I do think all of them are going to do pretty good, though. I think it's the Gabriel Jesus signing was like an amazing signing for Arsenal. Like that's exactly what they needed up up top. Like Lacazette yeah. wasn't really getting it done. Um, he came with a lot of hype from uh from France. Leon. Yeah, from yeah. Leon. And yeah, he never he had like a couple good seasons, but he never like. Like people, were, he almost came with the same hype as like Hazard. Like he was killing it that hard at Leon, and it just oh, yeah. never, it just never happened like at that level in the Premier League. But yeah, he Gabriel was doing Jesus, it in the Champions League with them. What he was killing it over oh, there. Oh yeah, he was yeah, doing yeah, it in the Champions League. Yeah. Like there was definitely a lot of hype that came with him. But I, I had, I had uh, questions about Gabriel Jesus coming in to the Arsenal team. I think the the main one was, is he a right winger or is he a striker? Cause he's even said to the Brazilian national team that he prefers to play out out wide. Um, but I think he's talented enough that he can play anywhere. I was, you know, I, I think uh, coming from Man City, too. he's quick enough. And I wanted just to see like, as a, as a weekend week out starter, like how different will it be? And I mean, he's been doing great so far, man. Like hats off to him. He's, he scored some great goals so far. Yeah. Great goals. He, he looks like he, uh, he belongs. He definitely looks like a starting caliber, like player. Like, oh yeah, week Absolutely. in, week out, which is great. Like that's what you want to see players develop. And I think it kind of took him a little bit because I, I kind of, not just me, but I think everyone saw glimpses of that when uh Gunaguero was there. It was like, all right, Gabriel is gonna eventually take over, and then it never really happened. It was just like he was kind of just there, and then it's like, all right, they're gonna sign somebody better, or are they gonna give him, you know, the reins as the right. main striker? And it never really happened. So to see it happening right now, it's pretty nice. Yeah, and definitely. it just makes that Brazil team even more dangerous going into the World Cup, which we are less than 100 days away. Um, what do you think about, uh, you know, how the World Cup is going to work out now that we're less than 100 days away? I I am so excited for the World Cup. I think for me, it's also kind of just bittersweet knowing that it, it, it got taken away from us from being hosted here. Like we should right now be experiencing the World Cup in you know in the US in Mexico in Canada whatever like the idea was originally but you know just due to corruption and and many other reasons it's <laughs> yeah. happening in Qatar in the winter nonetheless it's going to be fun it's going to be exciting there's going to be def there's definitely like a handful of teams that are going in that could potentially win it um i Brazil. think like the first ones like Brazil comes to mind Belgium France. is up there i think 
I think Belgium is this is really like their last hurrah to really be like, hey, like we are definitely one of the best teams in the world because that the hype has been around them for the past couple of years, but they just haven't delivered. I don't see this World Cup being any different, but there's definitely still one of the <laughs> yeah, best. They're, they're yeah. still one of the top five teams going them. into the tournament. Um, their talent is going to be a lot like of on fun. The worst slump right now. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it, it'll be an interesting one. I think. Um, Brazil probably has the best shot out of most teams to win it. I, yeah, I, I, I would say that's probably the team that has the most likely chance. I don't know if if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Um, no, I think yeah, I think it's honestly probably going to end up being uh, probably Brazil, France. I, I, France was originally my my thought that can can do it. I just. I just don't exactly trust their manager now after the last World Cup. It's just the performances in the Euros weren't great. Yeah. I um, Terrible coach. It's like, I don't know. He stumbled into a World Cup because that seems that fucking talented. Yeah. I also think think Argentina have a great chance to to go out there and and make it happen. They have a good team. And and they're actually relatively They have a keeper now, too. A keeper, they have they have a decent uh, defense. They have decent midfielders, and then if, they're always going to have a great attack. Um, Is their defense Otamendi? Well, Otamendi, you know what? Like I, I give him a lot of stick at Man City, but he honestly revived his career going to Benfica. He, yeah, in the last couple of seasons in the Champions League, he is he's honestly been so good. Yeah. Um, but they have Christian, they have Christian Romero out there. I think Emilio Martinez is a really good goalkeeper that'll keep them in games. Um. They have, you know, Paredes. It looks like he's going to be going to Juve. They have Betting. They have um, Messi. They have De Maria. They have a few different options, kind of across. They have, uh, you know, Julian Alvarez. Who's, who's, um, yeah, they have they have a lot of different options. Um, we'll the Dybala revived with Roma. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's gonna be I, fun, this man. It's gonna pumped. be awesome. I'm pumped. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Uh, honestly. I think Portugal has as good a chance as anybody if you look at their squad. Um, not just saying that because I like Ronaldo, but like if you, I like I like the Wolves, so they're like uh, academy of <laughs> Portugal in yeah, England. Portugal, <laughs> so you know we no. just sound we just signed Nunes. You know we got yeah, like Moutinho, we got Neves, we got Semedo, we got Sa the goalkeeper. We had uh, the the starting great goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah, amazing. He's great. Um, and they also have the best striker in the Premier League. Diorota, <laughs> we had him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah the, got about that, that Portugal team, that Portugal team is good, man. Yeah, like you said they're good. That midfielder stacked. The midfield probably is the best it's it's been in 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 time. Um, you know, there's so many people that coming from the Portuguese league. There's people that are playing, and I mean, Renato Sanchez just went to PSG. Yeah, uh, they have they have a lot of Vitinha, options in the midfield. Vitinha just Vitinha went, to... went to PSG also. Fuck, he was at Wolves, dude. We didn't buy him. Oh, that shit hurts. We're gonna uh, see. We're gonna see. I I agree with you. I think they they also have a, a they have a, a great team, team on squad. paper. They got they have a um, great team. Diaz center back. They got uh, Pepe still doing his thing at Porto, dude. Jao Cancelo. <laughs> Jao Cancelo, dude. Semedo actually played really good at the second half of last season. I don't care what I agree. what Jason says. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right there with you, bro. I played uh, really think good. That, that, that times the Semedo uh, slander was just kind of going a little bit too far because he's he's, a, nah, he's he's freakishly fast. Also, there's one person to fast. blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfonso Davies has you know stock on all that uh, uh, Semedo hate, 
but yeah. they got Bernardo Silva, dude. Like you said, uh, Jota. They, they're that team is nasty. But I will say this: um, the one thing that I was worried about Brazil was that I didn't think they had like a like a true goal scoring number nine. And like I know, you know, what's his name from Liverpool's there, uh, Firmino. But he's not really like a goal scoring number nine. He's more yeah, like he's a more like a ten. Yeah, he's more, <laughs> he's like, more a like a ten. Almost he's more yeah. like a, you know, he's gonna help you set up plays and stuff. But if we get if they get this Jesus Gabriel Jesus going into the World Cup in this form, whoo! I don't yeah, know, they're man. Be favorites. They might I don't be, know, they might be man. Like favorites. That's... Yeah, I would say I would say them England. Uh, England has a squad. I don't think they'll win it either. Nah. But they, there's like a, there's a lot of really good teams going into the World Cup this year that are going to make it super interesting once we get into that fifth and sixth game. I'm I'm so excited. I actually this is going to be a hot take potentially, but I think we're sending in the best generation of overall talent of footballers into this World Cup. Like it's the it's going to continue to be like that. I think over time, just because of the the advancements Ooh. in the science, the, invas- yeah, yeah, the advancements, and yeah. just overall athleticism as as a human species, and it's going to continue to get better. But this World Cup, we're we're seeing some some of the highest level of of football that the sports have ever seen, and it's going to be on on full display and. Um, I'm just really excited for people that aren't football fans that all just kind of come in and tune into the World Cup, you know, that are seasonal fans in that regard. I think it's going to oh, really yeah. open eyes to people because because now the because of social media, you can kind of really start to see how how full of character and how full of life some of these footballers are. And that makes for some people that makes it a lot more entertaining. But you're just going to see the top percent of the human species on performance in the biggest tournament in the biggest sport in the world. And I, I just couldn't say more about it. I, I have my alarm clock set for that day, that first world cup <laughs> game. And you know, I'm just counting down the days at this point, man, it's, it's the best time of every four years for me. And so I, what is it, November so like 22nd or something like that? November 20th. I think I got moved for the 21st. Actually, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah they moved it up. Like, yep. It's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, man. I'm they put, so, I'm they so put Qatar against, uh, they moved Qatar to the opening game. Ecuador? Yeah, against Ecuador, yeah. yeah. So we'll see uh, Moises Quisedo <laughs> on, on, the, on the big stage. Yeah. Uh, and they got some LAFC players on there too, actually. So, you know, <laughs> they got the MLS on display. So I'm excited to see uh, uh, Sin Fuentes do his thing out there, who, who's uh, taking his evaluation from 1.5 mil from last year to 11 million. Um, and so maybe we'll see from the World Cup, he might get himself a, a nice little move to somewhere in Europe. Yep. I'm, so, I'm so happy for it, bro. I'm so excited for the world cup you got me juiced yeah it's totally and just to piggyback off what you were saying i do think this is the most talented generation since probably like the early 2000s like the 98 to like 2006 era like that era was like just completely stacked with stars like that yeah. italian squad was fucking deep as fuck that france squad with terry henry sedan and like these uh Tresegue and all these fools like that team was yeah loaded the brazil team like ronaldo ronaldinho uh that number nine that got injuries i forgot his name big motherfucker uh i forgot his name but anyways i do i do i see where you're coming from like i definitely see like almost all these teams just have like stars everywhere yeah i I think i think in many ways it's the changing of the guard. Like it's it's kind of like out with less like the old, but like this is definitely the last time we'll see like Messi, Ronaldo at a World Cup, right? So the last time we'll see Suarez, probably the last time that we'll even see Neymar potentially at a World Cup. Like it's Ochoa. it's very much the changing of the guard. Ochoa, of course, one of the biggest stars <laughs> of the sport. Um, it's 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 a big changing of the guard, and it's it's in with the new generation and and the new generation of players. 
gotta put them up in the same you know same breath so now that you because you, you brought it up at this point like right we've, we've touched about this where do, you see, where do you see mexico finishing in this world cup and what are your thoughts on the current state of the of the national team and the federation as a whole oh man why are you trying to get me upset um yeah so mexico's chances this world cup um let's just put it this way i'm 27 years old this is gonna be uh let's see the the world cups that i can remember 2018 2014 2010 2006 2002 a little bit 98 not really i was three years old i think you were like what like one year old at that time one yeah that yeah that couldn't tell you shit I about thought, the yeah world cup. <laughs> i don't really remember the 98 i remember a little bit of the 2002 i was seven years old just to vaguely remember a little bit of some of the mexico games i could really like start thinking back from 06 to now is when i could like like really remember these world cups this is the team that i probably have like and and obviously when i was 7 years old i couldn't really like quantum or like couldn't really put perspective of where mexico was compared to the rest of the teams going into world cup i was just a little hopeful little kid so maybe the 2010 one was the first one that i could really like gauge where i think mexico is going and could put like a barometer on how excited i am for the world cup i'm i'm rambling basically i'm saying this is this is a team that i'm like the least hopeful least excited for least optimistic for and this is saying this is without saying that even all those other teams i was realistic to the fact that you know for mexico to have a dip, deep run it was going to take you know some good luck it was going to take some of these players coming um in, with good form it was going to take you know some of these other teams probably not playing their best football but i was still hopeful i still had like you know i, I was still like damn giovanni is is 22 years old he might you know he might kill it in the 2010 world cup oh he's 26 years old in the 2014 one. Oh, he's like 29 years old in the last one like and like right now like who are really like the players like i know um what's his name um uh, in italy lozano i know i, I know lozano's still young but he's not, is he really that young like He's kind of a made player at this point. Like, he's he he is what he is. He's like a really good player that's gonna play in Europe for a long time. But he, like that that time frame where we thought that he might take that next step and really be like a star of the game, has kind of like died down. He's not gonna be a star in the, of like a worldwide star. He could be a Mexican star, but he's not gonna be in the discussion of you know, not even top ten because no one ever really thought that. But maybe top twenty, top thirty players that. That yeah, was at yeah. a time uh, uh, like that might happen. You know, people were saying he, he might go to Barcelona or Real Madrid or, uh, you know, one of these Premier League teams. I think at this point, it's kind of like, yeah, he might make a move to there, but he's not going to make a move to those teams as like a heralded guy. So who's really in the Mexico team to give us hope to like really like put our tip our hats to like there's a lot of old players. There's a lot of players that like maybe should have been shuffled out already if more talent was coming in if the Federation had given more opportunities to these young players over the last four to eight years. And it kind of just has me just thinking back of that golden generation where we had players playing in big teams from a young age. I, I Like, I can't get over the fact that we had Giovanni at Barcelona. We had uh, Carlos Jonathan Mella. Our, yeah, Jonathan. We had, like, we had probably the best prospect of a keeper that we've ever had. And, like, one hasn't come out since, like, Ochoa. And, you know, he tried to do his thing in Europe, but it just didn't work out. Like, we had a golden generation. Hector Moreno, we had a, that latter end of 
you know, Rafa Marquez to leave them and nothing ever happened. And like now I'm like, if that generation didn't do it, then uh, like this one is not giving me hope to like for a fifth game or anything. It's just kind of depressing because we had a golden generation and it just nothing happened. And now we're left with like the, the last, last stitch of them. And they're not obviously they're not good enough. Hector Moreno is playing for well, Houston now. Like, I mean, not Hector Moreno, Hector Herrera. Like, Herrera, yeah. yeah and no. he's probably going to start I in the World it. Cup. So it's like, what are we doing as yeah. a federation? Like, yeah. we, take, we take a couple steps forward. We get a nice generation. Nothing happens out of it. And instead of instead of just, you know, nipping it in the butt and trying to, you know, look forward and find some new talent, we were holding on to it, even though we know they're not good enough and they're old now. They're not good enough. They didn't fulfill the potential. And they're too old. But yeah, basically, I'm not optimistic. Tecatito was one of our bright spots. He's he's actually been doing really good in España. He he looks he he makes defenders look just as bad as he made them look in Portugal. And now he's probably gonna miss the World Cup. And if he does go, he's gonna be out of form and barely recovered. So it's just a sad day to be a, a Mexican uh, fan of the soccer team. Yeah, but dude, I will say this: I our jerseys look nice. So I, I'm actually thinking about getting one soon. So that's the positive. <laughs> I'm glad we and got rid of the pink. I, I, We're going back to the green. <laughs> that green jersey is really, really like oh, it's looking nice. I, I'm actually like really thinking about copying one soon. And I'm gonna be what I'm gonna watch all the games and I'm gonna be you know yelling at the screen and hoping that you know we could beat Argentina and get a little bit of revenge. But overall, like my fandom for the national team. It's not blinding me from like the reality that this team is not good enough. We're old and this federation needs a total revamp. And it's probably not going to happen because we keep qualifying. So the money keeps coming in. But yeah, that's where I'm at. What about you? Dude, I I resonate a thousand percent with everything you said. I think that ultimately this federation is and this this national team as a whole is cursed from their wrongdoings and their inability to 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 really show support to Carlos Vela with that scandal that happened over a decade ago or over yeah. a decade ago. I just think I think that kind of just led a downward spiral to to that golden generation that you're talking about, right? Because like even now, like you know, Chicharito's in his in his thirties. Oh, I didn't even whatever, talk about Chicharito, like, bro. We had a player yeah, thing. Like, bro, we Manchester we, United, bro. He's arguably one of the biggest clubs in the world. How did we fumble no, it's, that? It's, so it's, hard. It's, it's it's so bad. It's so bad. And it, it, this is this is a fall to the federation. To your point, because like again, they only care about the money. They don't care about us making it far in the World Cup. The only thing that they care about is for us to qualify, touch a fourth game. And 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 that's it. They don't care about the fifth game. They don't care to make us a powerhouse in in just world football as a whole. They yeah. just care about their pockets. It is so sad that we have so much talent. And and this kind of just even stems to like Liga MX, right? Where like our inability to sell players because they don't because European teams or teams in other leagues don't match the the unrealistic evaluations that are set on them to allow them to go continue and further their development somewhere in Europe, somewhere somewhere else across the world where they can get more minutes or play against stronger competition. That's no sled at Liga MX, although I do think as a whole the quality of that league is is deteriorating. I it makes me sick to my stomach just how little the federation cares about Mexico and how how they turn their backs on on players like Vela, on players like Chicharito, and for that reason we are in the position that we're in right now. Uh, I don't think our players respect our manager, and I think vice versa. I don't think our manager respects our players, and I think we're just we're in for a really really ugly World Cup where I think that some people 
some people probably imagine that we won't get out of the world uh, out of the group stage and i think to, to some respects that's that those concerns are valid right i don't think we're particularly in the strongest maybe not even like the weakest group but it's just it, it just speaks to the state of the national team right now and i agree with you a thousand percent it's probably the team that's it's the worst team that we've sent in in quite some time but with all that being said Mexico always turns up to the World Cup and so do its supporters. We're like the best traveling nation when it comes to the World Cup and we will be there thousands and thousands strong in Qatar. Yeah, we'll be there. And I, and I will support them fully from home and I will back them. But it's it's, it's not yeah. with happiness. It's just out of sheer blindness and, and loyalty <laughs> to, to, to the flag. Know, to something that's never going to... To the flag <laughs> and to a country that'll, you know, that'll never reward me with the World Cup. And How did that jersey it, look, it's, though? It's, it's sad. Oh, the jersey's so nice. The jersey's so nice. <laughs> The jersey's so nice. Hey, we're, we're back to green, dude. <laughs> it's so nice. And so you know what? You, you never know. But I, I, I resonate with you 100%. We're going to be looking to so, fly as fuck, dude, yeah, in the World Cup. We might have the best. We might have the best jersey going out there. But no, I man, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It, 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 just, it just hurts my heart a little bit because, like, we, we, did, we had so much potential and it just kind of died. Yeah. And, I and there's it, so many I, reasons why it did, but it's just sad. I didn't need, I did not need another golden generation per se, but I needed like a decent generation to, you know, help me forget about my ex, about the old generation, about the, <laughs> the wasted golden generation. I don't need another golden generation. I just need young, young players with some potential, you know, to, to get me, get me, you know, a little inspired, but yeah, we're still holding exactly. on. We're still holding on to those old heads. We can't move on, but like at the very least, this has to be the last one. There's no way they carry these people over to the 2026 no one. So and if they do, and if they do, we shouldn't support them. We shouldn't. So they shouldn't get a dollar from us, bro. We shouldn't buy any jerseys. We shouldn't support. We shouldn't go to games because at that point, like not to sound like a Man United fan, but like we were, we we aren't exactly as spoiled as they are in regards yeah. to like the financial, uh, you know, influx into into the team itself and into the into the development of like of the youth and I, I don't know, man, it's it's it sucks, but they're gonna win the World Cup. <laughs> I'll tell you this: everyone's <laughs> hating on Tata, but if an Argentinian coach leads us to a victory against Argentina in the World Cup. I yeah at that point I'll freak I'll I will delete all my slanderous <laughs> bro I'm I have a numerous tweets and, uh, not just I thought that but but it's it's kind of like the same slight the players themselves also just look defeated when they go out there so yeah. they better they bro if they're gonna be playing like that they might as well not even make the bro, fucking trip to Qatar we're starting on Aho, dude <laughs> yeah nah it's it it you know what Morocco fired the national team coach yeah. And people were like, "Oh, we can't, we can't fire him." I, I agree now. Like, it's definitely too late to fire him. But it yeah. should have been done once we lost the gold cup because yeah. we would have had at least a little bit of time to instill a new style the of play, gold cup, the, the new managers, whichever one. There was, there was many chances, and again, it, it's just, it just goes back to the federation not giving a damn about our success outside of just like these domestic tournaments, and so. Oh, I, 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 part of me hopes that we don't make the group, I don't make it out of the group stage. So Tata and the whole board and everyone in that federation kind of can just get swept away. But again, I, I wouldn't be able to stand if, if we were just to get embarrassed that badly on the biggest stage. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say something like, oh, I think we're also, uh, like our own success kind of hurts us because Liga MX is, 
for all the hate that it gets, it's a it's a good league. It's it's kind of it's kind of rated almost the same as the Portuguese league, and players get paid like I'm not saying I rate it that high, but like as far as like the rankings on the leagues, it's like up there, and it, the players get paid like really good, like to oh, stay yeah. in Mexico. Coaches get paid really good to stay in Mexico, and like I think. Some of some things that could help Mexican players play abroad is if Mexican coaches took that leave too, and they you never hear any. The only one that took it was uh, El Vasco Aguirre. He's the only one yeah. that ever tried it. All these other coaches are just comfortable staying in Mexico. They never try to take the leave. And as we see it on the U.S. side, the coach of Leeds, who has Marsh now, who's bringing U.S. players, giving them you know valuable minutes in the Premier League ahead of a huge World Cup. minutes. Yeah, huge minutes. They look amazing. amazing too. How great would it be if you have, I don't know, a Mexican coach coaching Nottingham Forest and giving, yeah. you know, giving uh who, let's say like uh whoever like some minutes, like uh, they get they get Alvarez from or you yeah. know. You know what I'm trying to say? No, I I absolutely no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I just to touch on that like before before we move on to the next topic. I do think in hindsight, the best thing that could have happened for the US men's national team was to not qualify for that World Cup because it 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 quite literally put that battery in their back where it's just like, "Hey, this can never happen again." Like we have to do everything we can to make sure this can never happen again. And that that change has even gone as far as to like changing the the level of quality in, in the MLS. Right, because yeah. they do have a lot of players that come from that league now, and that league as a whole has has transformed in ways that I cannot yeah. even explain in the last five years. Like it's it's definitely come a long, long way from being the joke that we. Don't get me wrong; it's still not great. It still <laughs> yeah. has a lot of flaws. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's growing at a faster rate than a lot of other leagues around the world, and I think a part a huge part of that is the fact that the the national team really took a step back and just analyzed every reason as to why they weren't able to qualify for the world cup and in the long run it's it's been the best thing that could have happened to them i uh, i don't think their coach is very good right now i don't expect them to make a large run but i i I think that they've made a lot of steps in the right direction to where 2026 we're going to be talking about the u.s men's national team in a completely different light where they might be a team that can go as far as like the quarterfinals yeah and uh like just to you know put a pin on this the reason, like, it all comes down to money because, like, the embarrassment won't just do it. The reason that the U.S. changed all that wasn't because they got, like, embarrassed and they didn't make the World Cup. Like, if they still would have had a large sum of money coming in, nothing would have changed. It was because they lost on all those tickets, on all those promotions, on all those contracts. That's what, And that's what needs to happen with Mexico. They need to lose. They need to lose that monetary for them to be like, okay, like, you see how much it's hurting our pockets? Like. We can't let that happen because even if they flame out in the World Cup and they lose to like Argentina 4-0 and, you know, Saudi Arabia squeaks out like a 1-0 or victory against us and we just struggle the whole World Cup, like they're still going to get that check and they're going to be like, yeah. you know, it's fine. So like missing the World Cup is really like, that's why, you know, if we were to miss the 2014 one, I, I kind of saw the light if at the end of the tunnel, if that would have happened, but. That turned out to be a really fun World Cup for Mexico. So yeah, maybe yeah. maybe this hey. one. Uh, yeah, a lot maybe of pain, this one surprises a lot of fun. Us. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you never know. You never know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And again, we're less than 100 days out. And so super excited for all that. All right. But enough enough of this sour topic. You know, that's enough of Mexico. I mean, the World Cup is a happy topic. Mexico, not so much. But let's transition to another happy topic. LeBron James <laughs> re-signs with the Lakers for two more years. He's going to be there for the foreseeable future. What are your thoughts on this? As a Laker fan, I'm super pumped, super excited. Hopefully, you know, the, the front office backs them up, you know, brings in some quality players, and we're able to compete. But, you know, I know you're a Clipper fan, so how do you see this? Uh, did it surprise you? No, not really. It doesn't really change a whole whole lot for me as a Clipper fan. I think uh, there was, like, rumblings about him returning to Cleveland, but I think I think we all kind of knew that when he was going to the Lakers, this was kind of just, like, the final stop. It's just, like... He he did his thing in Cleveland. He won them the ring that already ascended him to like goat status, right? At the very least, the, the top three conversation. Um, and then he was just kind of He's setting his man. his uh, his his business, yeah, his yeah. his post career. He was looking after it, and that's what the the move to LA was because obviously, one, you got to play for the largest organization in, in the sport itself. Which, like, even I as a Clipper fan could be like, yeah, like obviously the Lakers are are the biggest brand in in the league you know, right up there with, with the Celtics. But um, I think it's good for LeBron. I think it, it does. Uh, he did take a lot of money, which, which he obviously deserves. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in the, in the Lakers. And I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk. I don't really want to talk a whole lot of garbage because I don't want people to just come across and think that I'm like a hater. Cause that's actually not true. I don't hate the later or Laker organization. I just don't like their fans. I think, I think um, a lot of them like are just really fickle and, and live in some imaginary world where like the world of basketball revolves around them. And that's just not realistic. Kind of does. With that being said, <laughs> well, it, it does. It does right now because LeBron's there. Right. And he's the, yeah, the greatest yeah. player to ever play the game. And so there is there's another two more years of, of uh, attention for the Lakers. But uh, I I'm interested to kind of see where it happens. I do think the Lakers are going to be much better than they were last season. Last season was was awful um, for many different reasons. But um, I don't know. It doesn't really change a whole lot for me. I still don't. I don't really fear the Lakers in the Western Conference. I think a healthy Clippers team um, will beat them in in six games, maybe seven. Uh, I do think like in the Western Conference, like the the Clippers' biggest matchups are going to be against the Suns and the Warriors. I just think you can't rely on AD's health. And you can't even really rely on, on LeBron's much at, at this stage in his career, which is super sad as me as 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 that's my favorite athlete. That's my favorite basketball player. That's that's like my, my almost like my idol in many ways. Like I, I don't want to see his run come to an end, but I think we're starting to kind of see the that those steps to to the LeBron retirement kind of coming about. Um, and then with that, I just don't think the the Laker front office has has a vision for life after LeBron like they didn't have a vision for life after Kobe. Yeah, we kind of just stumble into success a lot of times. Yeah, not not exactly after Kobe left, right? Like it was you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eight eight years long and then the, the bubble ring came about, which is I, I, I do think people like to, to call it a Mickey Mouse ring and everything, but yeah, every, everyone else had the same opportunity that, that the yeah, Lakers yeah, yeah. had to win it. Right. I think yeah. if any other team would win it, they'd be celebrating the same way. So I don't I don't resonate in, in that. Like I think that that's that's a legitimate ring as much as any other ring that, that's come about. I just think that um yeah, I I, I I just don't see that success being replicated in these next few years in LeBron's last few, uh couple a couple years on his contract. But what do you what do you think as a fan? Yeah, well maybe you're convincing me maybe that maybe this isn't such a happy topic as I thought it was. 
<laughs> well, I was, I was, <laughs> I was already, um, you know, I was hearing all these rumblings about, you know, LeBron holding this fire underneath the Lakers on, you know, the possibility of him leaving and like, you know, we gotta, we gotta make some moves or else he's going to leave. And although I do think that's kind of like smart strategic move for LeBron to do, um, cause he has kind of done that his whole career signing these one plus one deals. I don't think that's the best for team chemistry to be doing that, you know, to just keep like having that door open and like, I'm a bounce on you guys. So I think him committing to the Lakers for two more years is great for the team morale. It's going to be great. It's going to be like, all right, you know, LeBron's here to stay. Like, let's, I think this sentiment that is going to start coming around. Like we're like, it's like, let's do this for LeBron, you know, like let's, let's try to, you know, let's try to, uh, we know our legacy is not never going to be completely, compared to his but we could be the ones that help him you know cement himself as the goat cement himself as you know the best player ever do we have the players necessarily to do that you know who's who's to say like i know ad hasn't been healthy but you know is he gonna be hurt his whole life maybe maybe you know he's he does have a pattern of being unhealthy but (laughs) history says so (laughs) yeah but hopefully you know but we were able to bully him enough this offseason on Twitter for him to, you know, start shooting, start working out, getting an own personal trainer and stuff like that. I know Westbrook can't be worse than last season. If he is, he'll be like the worst player in the NBA. Um, and I'm still holding out hope that Kyrie, that Kyrie trade um happens. And at the very least, I think if we if we get Buddy Healed and Miles Turner at a stretch five, at a, you know, a, a dangerous shooter on the perimeter. I think that could go a long way if you have AD and LeBron both healthy. So I'm very optimistic. I'm happy that LeBron resigned um, at the very least. You know, they're going to be somewhat competitive. I'm going to be able to see them um, not get just mollywobbed for the next few years whenever they come to um, the Bay Area to play against the Warriors. And they're going to be on national TV. So it's going to be fun. And like, like we saw last year in the playoffs, you just got to get in because these injuries yep. could take out like almost everyone on the field and you just got to be the one standing with the least injuries. You don't even have to be Absolutely. the best team. So Absolutely. With LeBron re-signing, you know, I could see us making the playoffs two of the next three years. And once you're there, it's a whole you different. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I that with that part of the sentiment, I completely understand. I just think it's like a new, new coach, right? I think the Russell Westbrook situation, um, I think I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I don't I think if he was worse than last season, I don't think he's the worst player in the NBA. <laughs> uh, he's obviously definitely not one of the best. He's not as good as he, he nearly was. I think yeah. again, it's just kind of like his stubbornness to 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 adapt to willingness to accept uh, adapt and take a different role. Cause like I, I honestly last season I was just like, hey, if Russ becomes a sixth man, like hey, they might be they might really be doing something. But like it's also but that's he's, what made him great. He's not. He he still he still thinks that he's Russell Westbrook from from his MVP seasons, which that's what makes I can the respect great. to a certain extent. Like Absolutely, Melo Mello, Mello was the same way. Melo was Melo was exact same way. I agree. I I can respect that to a certain extent, but I feel like a LeBron or a head coach has to come and be like, "Hey, you you are great. You're an all time great." Even There's Kobe no was question like that. about that. Late Kobe. Yeah, but you but they do have to at some point like yeah take a step back right and to, to for the betterment of their team because Russell Westbrook was doing 
so he was hurting the team far more than he was helping them. And I think in turn, like the toxicity from the fans, which I, I get it. They're very frustrated, super frustrated because you were, you came in and there was a lot of high hopes and it's, it's definitely one of the toughest franchises to play for, not just in basketball, but in all of sports, like they, it comes with championship winning pedigree. And if you don't deliver, the fans are going to let you know. And yep. so I, I, thought, I, th- I think and- that he came into the situation thinking, yeah, <laughs> I think he came into the situation thinking like, hey, like I'm home. They'll accept me. These are my people. But I think he part of it forgot. That he's just like, yeah, these are people from Los Angeles. This is a, a city of of championships and, and, and people will turn on you really, really quickly if you don't deliver the way that they expect you to. And so. I don't know. I um I also don't think that a lot of teams are going to be willing to engage in trade conversations with the Lakers just because of like what they fear they might get in return. Um, yeah, it's not exactly the... like an overwhelming abundant. They... Exactly, they don't want to be the team that gets fleeced by the Lakers. Yeah, right, and ends up giving away a, a piece that that yeah. can help them contend um, for a championship. So I don't know. I I don't I don't think that a trade for Kyrie Irving is. I think like you said, the trades for Miles Turner and Buddy Hield are a little bit more likely. I think the Lakers could can give up some picks, but I think I think the Nets are going to play real hardball this offseason. Just they have to because they have to show control over their organization. They can't let it be seen as. Uh, if, I really don't like this term, but like they 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 use it as like oh the prison the prisoners are running the prison. I don't like that term at all. But I think that's kind of like the the mentality that <laughs> yeah, the people that are the running the Nets are like have. hey like we can't let yeah that's the sentiment that they have which I don't I don't think is right. But it's also like the players kind of really put themselves against the organization. And, and so in turn, I think the organization is going to take a stand and they're not going to let themselves be bullied by, by Kyrie and KD to, to give up their, their opportunity to win a ring this season for, you know, for pieces and in, in, in return for pieces for, from other teams in return. I, I just, I, I don't see it, but you never know. Right. Like, I mean, like they, they have made crazy moves um, over the past five, 10 years, that Nets yeah. organization. So it's only, only time will tell, but I think, um, KD really shot himself in the foot by already like requesting a trade and he still has four years left. I mean, he has no leverage in that situation. Yeah. Um, there's talks about him. There's talks about him sitting out. And so I think the Nets will let him do that. I, I do think the Nets will just let him like, Hey, like if you think that you want to sit down, go sit the fuck down. You have four <laughs> years on this contract. Yeah. You have four years on this contract. Kyrie has this one year, right? Which that's makes it. his situation a little bit more or lenient, but I think the Nets would be willing to let him walk and then deal with the, uh, with some of the the like the, you know, for lack of better terms, the BS that kind of comes with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, there is a lot that comes with him, and I think um, that potentially can can have effect on the Laker organization too. If in turn that he's supposed to end up there, um, so I don't know. It's it is a tricky tricky um NBA landscape right now, and it's definitely a interesting situation boiling over in in Brooklyn. But I'm not really sure that the Lakers are gonna get something from from the Nets specifically. Yeah, the Nets, man. That situation, it's it's really been, you know, keeping us entertained through this summer of, you know, where all these sports are not, uh, you know, in session. But another black and white team that we could talk about, the Raiders, black and gold, black and white. You know, they got all those colors in their uniforms. I mean, black and silver, my bad. Uh, silver and black, yeah. Silver, my bad. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not a Raider that's fan, a, but that's that's the old Chargers <laughs> fan in you coming out, though, bro. I can I can sense the resentment in your I'm a free voice. Agent. I'm a free agent fan, but yeah. Anyways, um, NFL season, we're like, what, like 15 days away from the season starting. Uh, Raiders, hardest division in football. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm super excited for the season to start. The the Raiders start week one. At home, 
in Los Angeles against the Chargers. And <laughs> it's going to be uh, – it's going to be – my family and I are going to be there. We're super excited for it. But I think – call it a hot take if you want it. I, I, I think everyone can kind of feel it, right? It's it, it's that autumn wind that's coming around, you know, and the, and the autumn wind's a Raider. And I think – so are the Super Bowl champions this year. I think oh uh, I think the God. Raiders I think the Raiders are gonna go all the way. And I, I definitely joked around about it in years past, especially when we were like two and fourteen <laughs> that we were going to the Super Bowl. But I do think that this is like the, the Raiders real three year three year window for the opportunity to go and win the Lombardi. I think we won a lot of games last season that we had no we had no business winning. We went ten and seven, got our way into the playoffs, and then kind of what you were to alluding to what you were saying earlier. If you get in, you never know what happens. I think this year, yes, our division is easily the hardest one in football. I just I don't trust the Broncos the same way that the media does. I and I think part of it is because people haven't really watched the Broncos over the past couple of years. Yes, defensively they're above average, but. On, on offense, Russell Wilson had better wide receivers with the Seattle Seahawks, and he was battling injury, and his offensive line wasn't great. The Broncos' offensive line is is definitely an upgrade, but it's they're they're not they're not winning wars in the trenches. They're not one of the top three offensive, top five offensive lines. I'm not even sure if they're the best offensive line in the division. I would actually give that to the Chargers. Yeah, um, I think I think them, and then they have the Chiefs have a better offensive line as well. Uh, I just I I don't really trust that that the Broncos very much going into the season. I don't really buy into Russell Wilson being like the, the big game changer there. Yeah. The savior. I think he's obviously a fun dude. He's a great guy. And he, and in, in his time, in his time, he was, he was the guy, right? He was definitely a very great football player. I just think that time has not been very kind to him in the, in the past couple years. And I think it'll show again this year, especially when he plays in the toughest division in football, um, I think the Chiefs have regressed heavily, especially after that Tyree Kill trade. Um, from like my from what I've read about their training camp, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling that came from the Packers, he hasn't been very doing very well. They do have a, a rookie who seems to be rising the rankings, and Juju Smith Schuster is doing okay. But I think when you lose a top three wide receiver, you're bound to regress in some way, shape, or form. Um, and some part and some key pieces to their defense left in the offseason. Um, and though it performed a lot better in the second half of, of last season, I don't trust their defense very much. Um, but you know, they're gonna be very competitive. They have a they have an amazing head coach, um, and Andy Reid, and I think um they're gonna be battling right there for for spots two and three in the division um with the with the Chargers because I do think the Raiders are gonna come out on top. <laughs> Super Bowl and division champs. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I we got we have we have the number one wide receiver in the league. I know Cooper Cup did amazing last season, but I think pound for pound, you put him against Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver. Who's the, the best slot is- receiver in the NFL? And that's Hunter Renfro. Um, and so like you're you're putting and and so that's what I'm saying. And then you have a, a who's the most natural pass in, catching tight end in the NFL? Yeah, that's Darren Waller, <laughs> dude. I mean, like we're that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you're you're proving my point point even more. We have we have an who amazing breaks the most tackles as a running back other yes, than Josh Derek Henry. Yes, Josh Jacobs. And then we drafted Zaheer White to go behind him, running back by committee. Oh my new coaching God. scheme. Um, and I think I think defensively we're being overlooked a little bit. Um, because I think people have a lot of questions about our secondary, which I think is, is fair just given just given the history of the Raiders. But I think uh new defensive scheme with Patrick Graham who's a, who, well, 
Yeah, I we I think we're gonna really surprise people on on the defensive side. We have Max Crosby, who's an who's an all, all pro defensive end, lining him up with Chandler Jones on the opposite side. That's gonna wreak havoc for who's for, playing nose tackle for you guys. We have a few different options. I do actually end up thinking they're gonna dive into free agency right now. Oh, okay, drafted a few drafted a few rookies. Um, I think that is like the the point of question along with like the linebacker depth for the Raiders. Yeah. But I think the secondary being led by Nate Hobbs, funny enough, who's a second year defensive back who who's really started in, in the slot last season as a, as a slot, uh slot defender. Uh, he, he did amazing last season and he's going to be playing outside this year. Who's been doing super well. Um, I know there's videos of him getting burned by Devonte Adams that like are who does floating it? around Twitter. But that's what I was about to say. Devonte Adams burns everybody, everybody. and honestly, everybody. iron sharpens iron. And I'm really looking forward to just the leaps that the Raiders' defense is going to make this year because I think that's ultimately going to be what our catalyst is because our special teams is already the best in our division. Um, you know, all pro punter and kicker. We're we're gonna be all right. We're gonna we're gonna really we're gonna shock the world this year. We're gonna go the whole way. I fully hey, believe that. You're starting to make me a believer, man. Um. All right, just to wrap it up, if if you know for some reason they don't win the division, if they don't win the Super Bowl, in your eyes, what would be the deterrent? What what's what's the thing that you could think like, okay, this this is what could you know, you know, steer the ship the wrong way. I think, and I don't, I don't think it is, it'd be something internally. Uh, I think uh, it'll it'll be playing the, Vegas the Buffalo Lights? Bills. Oh, no, I it's gonna be thinking, playing uh, the Buffalo okay. Bills in the AFC Championship game in Buffalo because I do think the Buffalo Bills can potentially be the number one a- team in the AFC, which means the AFC goes through them. And playing and in Buffalo is, is no easy feat, man. Yeah, they but just even beyond just like the the stadium itself and the weather and everything, that team is stacked. Just in, in many ways, you know, with more experienced players than what the Raiders have, because the Raiders are relying on and some for some youth in some of their their really important areas. But the Bills are are a great team. They're a force to be reckoned with, and I do imagine that's going to be besides the Chargers, because I do think that us and the Chargers are going to be up there. Don't really believe in the Ravens and some of the other teams that people were shouting about in the AFC. I think those are going to be the teams that really um that'll give us some problems. Okay, see, so you. T- I thought you were going to take it like the whole being in Vegas situation. No, no, no. I, I, I think I, I think we're past that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think we're past that. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. just like people being dumb. Yeah. Right, because there's there's temptation in every city. I think in Vegas, maybe more so there uh, than others. But the things that people are getting in trouble for in Vegas, people get in trouble for in Tennessee. Everywhere else. They get in yeah. trouble for in Arizona. It doesn't matter. Like Vegas doesn't, you know, doesn't change that very much. It's just, it's people just being smart. And I think some of the players that were getting in trouble last season, Henry Ruggs, with, who was, a, I, I just made the biggest mistake of his life and yeah. ultimately going to cost him his life for being an idiot. Right. And then Damon Arnett, who was, uh, when we got drafted, when we drafted him, I was like, this dude, is gonna be terrible. <laughs> Freaking being just a dummy off the field, yeah. and so I have faith in the, in the current regime of, of leadership and in, in coaching and and people in the, in um in the front office. And I think I, I think we're in a better position this year than we were last year. I like that. I like that. And that's all you could ask for, right? Just keep striving, keep getting better, continue to improve. Exactly. And yeah, don't waste your players' prime. And I think Carr is still in there. Uh, Jacobs is you know entering his prime. Tavante Adams is like in the middle deeply and, and you know, in it. Hunter and Renfro's getting in there. I think everyone is pretty much we're hitting our stride. Yeah, yeah. So I can see where you guys are coming from. Uh I kinda I see where you're coming from. You're I think you sold me on this point. 
Do I have them as my Super Bowl favorites? No, but I do. Uh, <laughs> I do see where you're coming from now. I'm like, oh, you know, cars. You know, he just got that new contract. He's feeling confident. And Devonte Adams has at least three elite years left. Renfro is finding himself. He's like what, 26, 27? 25, dude. 25. Yeah, he yeah. just got a contract. Waller's what, too, 27? So 28. So yeah, 28. We're, we're, we got some. Yeah, Jacobs is 25. We got some good players. Yep, 25 also. And we have a younger running back right behind him who's going to be a beast this season. So um, I'm really, I'm, I'm buying in heavily into Raider stock, not just because I'm a fan, but I fully believe in, in everything moving forward. That's good, man. Uh, like I said, we're going to, I'm going to, be talking to you the whole season when the fantasy football league together so you know we're gonna be right here you're always welcome to come back to the show you know weekend and week out if you want to talk about you know how the raiders beat the Chargers week one how their playoff hopes are soaring going into the bye week how your little heart got crushed because they lost in the playoffs all of that stuff we could do all that um but yeah man it's been a pleasure to have you on the show episode 100 we finally we're able to get it done and like i said i just appreciate you coming on to the show it's always a good time yeah brother thank you again for having me i'm so i'm uh, i'm honored to be guest number 100 brother this is litty all right man you have a good day and thank you to everyone you for listening well. and making it to the end <laughs>